Hi, I'm Dr. Mila Brujic, and we're joined in part two of a two-part podcast series where we're interviewing Dr. Debbie Feinberg and Matt Rossner on the finer side of prisms on this week's Optometric Insights show. So Matt, Dr. Debbie, thank you guys for both being back on here. Um, the first episode was awesome. I mean, I can... Um, there, there are things and we see that optometry is becoming increasingly specialized. And I think the interesting thing with the profession where we are right now is that with specialization, you're, you're seeing that you really have to have one, a focused passion to helping the patients in that category and two, doing something above and beyond something different to get yourself prepared to care for these patients. Because the last thing you want to do is inappropriately provide care that you may be able to do and one of the things matt that i wanted to do a deeper dive in and you as well too doc debbie is is talk about the neurovisual medicine institute i think this is just um a beautiful move forward to training more doctors on really what you've learned in your last um, 30 to 40 years doing this in your office, really how it's evolved in the processes that, that you have in place. So if you could, for the audience, kind of share with us a little bit more about um, what happens during that training where a doctor, maybe just a little bit familiar with prisms, maybe just a little bit familiar with what you do. Again, most of us, I, I, I hedge to say, are naive still about this topic. I still think, think that this is a growing area of optometry. So, so give us insights into what happens during the training, how long it is, and what somebody can expect to go through during the, the training process with you guys. So the, the training process is, I don't know if we'd use this term, but it might be helpful just to visualize. It's kind of a crash course on PRISM. And not only on PRISM, but on all of the types of patients who suffer from BVD. And that's the term that we utilize to, to kind of combine. And it's an umbrella term for all the patients struggling with headaches, dizziness, anxiety, uh, dizziness while driving or car sickness, and even learning and reading issues with kids. So the symptoms we work with and we teach about how to treat are quite uh, wide in breadth. Um, the training program itself starts with a five-day intensive where clinicians come to Michigan. They oftentimes bring one of their administrative staff um, to learn the, the, the business side of things. And, and really, it's five days of, of patient care, a deep dive into pathophysiology. We also, every clinician receives a neurovisual exam as they begin their path in this work um, because we know that receiving the care first as, as the user before the creator or, or the giver is a really important empathy driving exercise. And so we always begin with that. Um, but by the end of the week, they've seen uh, a lot of different types of neurovisual patients with all sorts of symptoms that we treat and, and they're comfortable and, and ready to go back and start seeing these patients uh, live the following week. Uh, but what we do to make sure that they're supported along the way is we have a, a biweekly clinical coaching program. And, and over time, we, we coach them specifically on the cases that they've seen uh, over that past time period and give them uh, you know, patient to patient guidance on how they might optimize the care or increase the relief when they have that follow-up appointment with the patient. 
So it's not a, here's the training, see you later, do what you have to do with the information that you've given. Like you're kind of really making sure that when they're starting to deliver this care, that as they start seeing maybe things that are unexpected, they're prepared and they have that consultative still approach with, with you and the Institute. Right. Cause five days just isn't enough to get everything. You know, she says it's hard to, you know, put five, uh, 20 years into five days. And so we do everything we can to diversify our schedule and get them as many different types of patient cases as we can. However, they're not going to see everything. And so we know that as they start filling their schedule with neurovisual patients, they're going to see things that they might not have experienced yet. And we want to be there to support them along the way. Uh, Have you found too, that people that have gone through this process, um, they're, they're better at one even identifying people that aren't necessarily coming in for this form of evaluation, like they're seeing their regular patients and they say, oh my gosh, this is like the person that I've been caring for for the last 5, 10, 15 years. This is exactly what they're talking about and I know how to fix this now. Do you do you find that kind of rediscovery from clinicians? We've got some good stories. We actually ask them to run our the BVDQ by all of their patients and before they even come, They'll come with a stack of 100 questionnaires, 50% of which need further care, because who would have asked them about their dizziness or their nausea or their imbalance with walking? That would have been the neurologist. But here, it's in now their toolbox to begin to sort those symptoms. So yeah, they enjoy going back and looking at the scores and saying, wow, I have to bring Mrs. Jones back in. And, and they tell all their patients that they're going for this training and uh, begin to share their knowledge with patients coming back into their office for their annuals, realizing there's more than I can help this patient with. Wow, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, I love the fact that you're still staying connected with the clinicians that you're working with, because again, um, Debbie, as, as you're well aware, you know one of the challenges with just continuing education, we're not talking about the education that we went through in optometry school, but as we do our continuing education, we oftentimes get a chance to interact with some of the experts in the field in different areas, but we're with them for an hour, maybe two hours for that class. And then the communication is completely cut. And a lot of times those things that the finer points on things are through the experience. And then through having that consultation with the individual that shared the information with you. So I think that is so critical and crucial um, for, for the success of this. And I can really see how the individuals that have done this training can, have to be able to respect and appreciate the fact that they can always be kind of contacting you for question marks around those patients that they they have questions about. And we also do webinars because we interact with so many specialists. So we have webinars every three months and bring in guest speakers. Oftentimes they're colleagues that I refer to all the time. It might be the otologist, the PM&R, the OT, the PT, the psychiatrist. So we love having our guest speakers and then our, we do a Zoom and our colleagues are all on the call to ask questions of those specialists and how can they find a holistic psychiatrist in their area? How can they find a neurochiropractor in their area? We need them to launch because we get 250 questionnaires a week from around the country and the world and these patients are looking for care. So the fact that we're, they're ready to start doing the work we want to support them in every aspect of being successful and delivering that care. So um, when did you guys start the actual training institute where you're saying, 
welcome colleagues. Come on up, spend a week with us, and we're going to take you through this process so that you can deliver the care more locally. So it started in 2013. And she, uh, she didn't mention, but there was a, a Women in Optometry article that featured some of her work. And there is a, a journalist at, at Women in Optometry who is just searching the internet for, you know, what are what's new in the industry to write about. And they ended up doing a piece on, on the early research and some of the clinical results of this care. And our first clinician who came to train with us was from New York. And she called and she said, Debbie, I, I want to learn what you do. I, I want to learn it. And it's, it's time to teach me. <laughs> and to that point, we had thought about, you know, getting someone in and, and really just testing the waters with training. Um, but this, this one optometrist really kind of shocked us into motion. And, and, and that was the catalyst. And I think we trained two people that year and it's been slow and steady for the last, you know, five, six, seven years, a couple of clinicians a year. And, you know, as, as I'm newer to the Institute, um, I'm humbled by the, the, the foundational work that they were doing in those early days to get things to a place where we could train 25 clinicians a year or more, um, as we're kind of queuing up to do now, but there was a lot of, and still today, you know, every, every clinician who comes and every team clinic who comes, we, we gather feedback at the end and we say, what was your favorite part? What really stood out to you or surprised you? And what can we improve upon? And so, and I kid you not, every two weeks, we have a deep dive on the last training to figure out what can we improve upon so that the next group that comes has an even better experience. That's, I have to imagine that these people that spend a week with you in your office, I, I have to imagine that when they leave, they're just totally transformed. I mean, is that an understatement or is that a, an accurate depiction of what's occurring? Pretty much we are all humbled by the turnaround in their symptoms. And when they see a patient that came in really sick and at the end of the visit, they're wearing glasses that make them feel so much better. They can't wait to get home and start to do it. And also they, they're also thinking, oh my gosh, my cousin, this patient, they start thinking of people before they even leave who they need to set up to bring in for care. Wow. So, so Debbie and Matt, how, how wide has your training net been um, launched out at this point? Like, um, I'm assuming you've probably trained clinicians all across the country at this point on this, correct? We have. I think there's just under 40 clinicians currently in the network trained and, and practicing on our, our work on a, on a monthly or weekly basis, maybe a daily basis. And every clinic adapts the work a little differently. Some clinicians love to do a little bit of everything. So they'll do a day, a day of neurovisual and a day of specialty contacts and, and a day of primary care. And other clinicians get to the office for their training and love it so much that they dedicate their entire clinic to neurovisual work. And it takes a little time, right? It's not immediate. Um, but within a couple of years, they're only seeing neurovisual patients and they love it. And so we've got, you know, a couple of flavors across the network, but we've got clinicians in I don't know how many states, but around the US. And then we've got one clinician in Australia. And, and this year we're really hoping to expand to more countries and more states. There's a big part of the US that's still not um, covered with care. And, and so we just want to make sure that we can expand that care so patients don't have to travel, you know, hundreds of miles to, to get microprisms. That's great. So, um, 
Matt and Debbie, is this something that requires a specialty lab to be able to put the prisms the way that you're prescribing them? Is this something that we use our traditional laboratories? How does, how does that process work? Go ahead. So initially, uh, we would train clinicians and they'd start using their labs back home and they wouldn't get the same results. Right. And, and so we tried to figure out and, and they tried to figure out, I wasn't on the team yet, but what, what was the missing piece? So there was a variable we didn't understand. And it turned out that their labs didn't understand prism. And, you know, we have stories of, of labs just taking the prism out because they thought it was an, an optician error. Um, they just put the number in the wrong box or uh, what, what probably is more common across the country is, you know, when we talk about labs, we're talking about ANSI standards and the standards of precision across the country, which are a quarter diopter in any direction, right? And, and for, the, for the prescriptions that neurovisual clinicians are learning, those are potentially just a quarter down, a quarter up. So they're quarter diopter prescriptions. So we needed to work with a lab and train them. And we, work, we worked with a couple over the years on how to get really precise lenses with a tolerance that's less than a quarter, oftentimes an eighth of a diopter or lower. So the lens itself, you know, we, we use all sorts of lens designs and we've got our preferences based on which types of patients succeed with which lenses, but the precision we found is so crucial to getting the patient a pair of frames and lenses with the same relief that they felt on the day of their exam. Oh, that's great, you guys. That's awesome. So you guys provide clinicians with those laboratories where you're like, we've kind of vetted these laboratories out, and these are the ones that really have the ability to go down to those levels. Is that is that a correct way to describe it? Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. And Matt, how would somebody go about, um, like, if they said, I want to know more about this, and I want to know more about this training, and I want to know more about this. How would they get in touch with you? How would they find out more information on this? Yeah, so they can visit our website, nvminstitute.org, or they can also contact me, Matt, at nvminstitute.org. Um, but visit our website, you know, watch some of the videos of the clinicians speaking about the work. If it resonates with you, definitely give us, give us a call or drop us a line. Um, you know, what we found is this work is, and we didn't know this initially, but as clinicians came to train, they said, you know, there's a special type of clinician who is, who is best suited for this work, right? Clinicians who, who like to spend more time with patients who love a slower pace and who are looking for something that's not maybe as churn and burn as some of the other more high volume practices, but something that's slower and maybe a little more not methodical, but they like to take their time. And really it's all about the relationships for them. We found that those clinicians and ones who are curious and want to learn more and aren't satisfied with the results they're getting with patients, maybe they're 80% better, but they're curious about that 20%. Those are the clinicians who we find reach out to us. Um, but yeah, reach out and, and we'll, we'll schedule a call. And our goal is to make sure that this is not only a good fit for you, but, but for us as well. And, and if, you know, as we, as we progress in the conversation, we'll figure out if it's the right fit and eventually we'll have you come out and, and train in Michigan. That's great. Well, guys, thank you for what you're doing. This is um, absolutely unbelievable. And again, being so close to my hometown, it's just really really cool to see what's happening in in our backyard here with 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 everything that you guys are doing uh truly appreciate the efforts truly appreciate the the 
the strategic way that you guys are really saying, okay, how can we get more clinicians helping more people so that the, the care that they're providing is more convenient for these individuals? And what you're really saying is, let's make it so that this can be delivered anywhere that somebody may have this problem across the country. It can be delivered in a predictable, very controlled way. And I just think what you guys are doing is absolutely awesome. Matt, Debbie, I want to thank you both. This was just um, a very, very eye-opening um, podcast series that, that, that we put together with you. And I'm so, so glad that we had you on the show. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Thank you. And, and thank you all for joining us on this episode of the Optometric Insights Show. Um, you can click on their website down below. Um, that will take you directly to where Matt was talking about earlier. And make sure to, to subscribe to our podcast as well, too, um, where every week we'll be talking about new and innovative ways to care for our patients. Mm-hmm.